You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Good morning, 1850-715-996. The number, the text to WhatsApp is 083-396-9696. The email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Some nice stuff coming up for you today. An update on the situation with Blackpool's South Dock Centre. Quite a stunning report in the paper this morning and some very interesting stuff been released by the Freedom of Information people. We'll catch up on that. Also, don't ever again say, after you won't ever again say, after hearing one woman's story, that you couldn't possibly be caught by one of these online, online dating scams. She thought she couldn't either, and she was. That's all to come. Uh, and then we thought that we couldn't do better in terms of political statements this year than this one. We, we, we really did think this couldn't be beaten. Are socks for your child essential? Yeah, clothes are not essential. So I can buy a bottle of wine, but I cannot buy socks for my son. Socks come on, they're clothes. We thought that that would, have be, would not be beaten this year. Then we got this. I talked to you about the banks. The banks were not bailed out. Shareholders in the banks were not bailed out. The state took equity. The shareholders are not bailed out. That's not a popular thing to say, but it's the facts. I want to know what you think of that. Good morning. But first, I want to go to something much happier and much nicer. Good morning to all of First Class at Bunskull Verde in Yall. They're all listening to us this morning because one of their classmates is about to go on the radio. Bertie Dempsey, good morning to you. Morning, Peter. How are you getting on? Good, good, good. I have in front of me a beautiful letter written in lovely Christmas colours of red and green and written by Lauren to Santa. But it's a very special Santa letter. Tell me about it. Well, normally Lauren would, she likes doing a bit of colouring and this and that. And just one evening there lately, she uh, she asked me for markers and a couple of pieces of paper. So off she went up to her room and came down maybe an hour later with this letter. So... It was unbelievable, like, you know, we got a great skit out of it. Mm. Do you know, to the unreal. She's unreal. there, is she? She is, yeah. She's here next Talk week. to me, talk to her a second. Yeah. Lauren? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Come up nice and close now to the phone for me, will you? Yeah. 
Can you hear me? Yes. Good. Would you read the letter that you wrote to Santa Claus? Okay. Do you have it there? Santa, I knew you were very busy all year round, so I wanted to make you a letter. I hope you will like it. So let's get into the letter. Just saying it is not about gifts. It is also very cold in the North Pole. How do you survive? So I hope you will tell the reindeers and the elves it is for them too. So have some fun. We all don't have to work all the time. Have Fun and that forever some snowflakes and tinsel, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's from Lauren uh, and Libby. And you didn't ask him for any toys, Lauren. No. She she's a bit nervous, Bertie. Yeah, she's a bit nervous. She didn't ask him for any toys. She asked for no toys. Just, just hoping that they'll stay warm and yeah, you know. You a bit, you were a bit blown away by it, I think, were you? Yeah, we were not. To be fair, yeah, we were not. It was, it was unreal. Yeah, of course, Santa, Santa will be coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They've kept her out of school this morning so that we could, uh, we could get her to read the letter. Oh yeah, she's delighted with that now to be fair, the two I'm of them sure, are. I'm sure they both are. Tell me a little bit about the two of them. Um Lauren is seven years since September. She's on one school there now and she likes she likes um she likes building and this and that and she likes you know, she likes the music herself, you know. Yeah. Maybe um, yeah. it's basically the same like they're how old is Libby? Libby will be 10 in April. Okay, okay. Yeah. All excited for Christmas? All excitement, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's been a tough old year, Bertie, and we're focusing a lot on the kids this year in the run-up. It's been a tough old year for everybody. It has been a tough year, now, to be fair, yeah. Fairness now has, has been rough on everyone, to be fair. Yeah. Well, uh, the kids are, fairness to know, they're... They were out of school for months. They were, and... And all of a sudden, at least the, old, the weather was good. Like, and, you know, the summer was grand. Like, but coming to this time, there, the weather was bad and dark evenings. But oh, the fairness, though, they're doing well. Good so, for them. Good yeah. for them. And you know the values that are in that letter, the wonderful values that are in that letter, Bertie? Yeah. Do you know where she got that from? No. She got that from you? Yeah. So, that, you know, you, 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 you teach your children how to be... So be very yeah. proud. Be very proud of that. So all you can do is the best you can from a little bit of luck on the way, like isn't it? Yeah. Know, that that kind of beautiful decency Sorry. out of a child of seven is just fantastic. Bertie, yeah. uh, Lauren, you have to go to school now. That's the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to school now. So enjoy your day. Say good morning to everyone in class and tell them you'll see them in a while. Good morning. Yeah. And you'll be in shortly, will you? Yeah. What's your teacher's name? What what did you say her name is? Um Okay, okay. Well hello to your teachers and hello to everyone in the school and happy Christmas to one and all in in the 
school in Bunskulverda in Yall. And uh, Bertie, she's a great kid. Hi. So far, so good, thank God. Absolutely. Okay. Take care of yourself and a happy Christmas to the entire Dempsey family. 1850-715-996. That's just a lovely letter. I'll give it a read again for you. It says, to Santa, I know you're very busy <clears throat> all year round, so I wanted to make you a letter. I hope you like it. So let's get into the letter. Just saying, it's not about gifts. It's also very cold in the North Pole. How do you survive there? I hope you'll tell the reindeers and the elves it's for them too. Have some fun so you don't have to work all the time. Have some fun for everyone. Have snowflakes and tinsel from Libby and Lauren. By the way, I did all the work on this, <laughs> says Lauren. That's lovely. 1850-715-996. Can I go to that line now, Terry? Okay. Ted. How are you? Good morning. I just want to say that was a lovely, lovely chat you had with the, the people there, the child, God bless him. Yes. Um, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just go straight to the chase, as the man said. You're one of I'll Santa's helpers, Ted, aren't you? Oh, yes, one of Santa's helpers, yeah. I'll be calling to them. You can, you can uh, pass me on their details there. I only heard a bit of the interview. I was just coming over a place. And uh, we'll make sure we'll call to them. And uh, I'll have one of my elves with me like that. You know, we're all helpers. And uh, it was a great interview like that, you know, it was a very nice letter, God bless her. And uh, the parents now, Bertie, etc. like that, we'll be in touch with them and uh, keep up good work yourself and mind yourself, all right? We'll talk again soon. Ted, Santa's helper, thank you very much. There'll be a Santa's helper calling, get this, there'll be a Santa's helper calling to the Dempsey house with an elf. Terry's going to talk to Santa's helper and sort all that out. We're going to have a Santa's helper calling to the house with an elf. We sort out some little treats for Lauren and for Libby. Kind, kind kids, and that's that's so nice. Uh, Nicholas says, "Oh my God, Lauren, what an amazing letter and bawling here. That's so sweet. Lots of love from Nicola Martin. Uh, amazing kids." They say, and again, once again, good uh, good morning and hello and happy Christmas to everyone at Bunskulvira in Yall. All listening in this morning. Right now, back to work. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM with your local mace where you're sure to find a friendly smile this Christmas. Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Tom is on since uh, from Blackpool says no water this morning around half five. Then it came on. It was filthy. The shore in the road is full to the brim with solid stuff. On the left-hand side of Gerald Griffin Street, it's never been cleaned. They use a machine to clear the other side of the street. Coming up to the traffic lights, the cars are now swinging in and out to avoid potholes, which clearly means all the gunk from the other side of the road appears to have down, gone down the drains and blocked them out in Blackpool. Tom asks, what services are running properly at all? Yeah, I know, you'd ask the same question yourself. By the way, something I forgot to mention when I was starting out the programme, I have found the funniest tweet since 
the start of COVID-19. I'm serious. The funniest tweet since the start of COVID-19. I'll give it to you at some stage before we, before we quit today. I threw my head back and laughed. I really did. Where is Olin? He's online. Everybody, three for three. Olin, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. How are we doing? Good. Now, I read the story of Zoe, and I believed yep. it, because I know what dogs are capable of. I'm one of these people that believes we don't deserve dogs. Yeah, you're right. But but tell me about what she did. It's an amazing story. Listen, f- first of all, I only caught the tail end of your last story about um, Libby and what's your girl's name? Lauren. Lauren, listen, fantastic story. And um, I can't talk about it much, but if you'd ever like to meet Zoe the Hero, I can tell you she'd make a great fuss about um, Borden, you know? That'd be but, so um, nice. So, listen, the story, G, the other night was um, I was at home putting up the Christmas tree, which didn't go to plan. <laughs> it was pathetic, really, to be honest. Um, do you know what? Um, that, that dog is amazing to, to, to actually put up that spectacle on Monday evening. But anyway, so we, we decided to go for a walk and um, the tide was quite high. So I walked over the rocks towards the cliff edge. Yeah. And Zoe, at a certain point, just started barking. You, you live, by the way, in a beautiful, beautiful place, Weaver's Point. I do, yes. I live right down by the cliff edge. You lucky man. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's um, a little bit of heaven. But um, so the, the beach and the, the, those walks are just kind of are just on on um, my my are are, are 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 kind of just there in front of me, you know. Yeah. So um, we walked across the rocks, and um, Zoe at a certain point just stopped, sort of barking, sort of running backwards and forwards, and I was kind of taking no notice of it. And I turned around at one point and I shone the torch in her, and she was sitting up on top of a rock and she just cried. So it was at that point I realised right, there's, there's something going on here, and I I, I of course thought. You know, someone's after falling over the cliff. A little whine, is it, that, that the it's dogs just, make? Yes, yes. And just, you know, a whine that lasted for about 30 seconds. Yeah. You know? Yes. So, uh, so um, we went over, so she led me to the spot, and I was thinking, you know, what's in front of me here? Thinking, you know, someone had fallen over the cliff or something. And there was a seal nestled between a rock and a ditch with um, rope around its neck and fishing net around its body. And she'd spotted this out running, had she? We, we, we were walking. We were right. walking across the rocks, and mm. um, Zoe led me to to the seal. It was dark. I, I would never. It was about. It was about seven o'clock. Right. I, I would never have seen the seal if it wasn't for Zoe. There's no way. I, I, she must I, have I, smelt I, it or picked it up somehow. Heard I something. I don't know. I really don't know. But um, that you know, PJ, that's that part of the story that doesn't surprise me yeah. hugely. That that she found the seal and drew my attention to it. That. That doesn't surprise me. What surprised me was what happened afterwards. Yeah. Was the empathy she had for, for, for the seal. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had Zoe a year and a half now. I know her quite well. Like, Zoe sleeps with her ears cocked. She's always on high alert. Yes. But with the seal, she lied down. She was extremely submissive. And her ears went back. <sighs> and she lied down next to the seal. And uh, it was at that point I realized, you know, the dog is, is actually looking out for the sea. That's here, a protection know? move. That's a protective move. Perhaps it was. Perhaps it was. I, I'm not sure. But it was actually amazing because, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm kind of in a panic about the sea, but I'm keeping one eye in this situation too because yeah. it, you, you have to appreciate it. You're watching it and they're saying, you oh, know, this is incredible. I'm watching, you know, you know the, the, the fullness of nature before my very eyes. It's you a know? baby seal, by the way, isn't it? It, it was a baby seal, yes, a pup, yeah. yes. But the seal started to actually, actually started to gravitate towards Zoe. Right. 
as you know, as if she was looking for comfort. And sorry, was it trapped all and was cut? It was cut up in a bit of rope and a bit of yeah. net. Yeah. Yes, it couldn't. It couldn't move properly. So I, I think what happened was the tide actually brought her in. Right. You know, I, I think so. You know, but um, she just couldn't move. She, she could barely move. She could kind of move a little bit. As I said, she, she, she did move towards the dog. But she wasn't getting very far. And was know? she in a dangerous position? Was there a danger she'd fall or anything? You know, no. She she she, she wasn't. It wasn't dangerous that way. But the rope around the neck, I yeah. thought, was dangerous. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too worried about the fishing net around her, yeah. because I, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm from Crosshaven. I, I fished in boats before, and I've seen seals with with, with, yeah. with fishing net around. Them. I wasn't overly concerned about that. I was more concerned about the rope. But um, so I ran back to the house. So we ran back. With me, and you, what amazed me at the time was we went, when when we got back to the house, Zoe didn't come up till she remained at the gate. Right. You know, wait, waiting to move again, knowing only too well that obviously we were running up to get something or to do something. Yes. So she 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 just stayed at the gate, and I came out with my little scissors, <laughs> pathetic really, like but anyway, and um, a brush because my my plan was to kind of try and pin was, was try and pin the seal down because I'd be afraid I I you know I I get bitten. Yeah, and they can um, bite. They yeah, can. they can, and I've, I've heard that, you know. So I remained, so um, Zoe's at the gate, and I came out with our, our tools, and um, Zoe ran straight back down, way ahead of me, and by the time I got there, Zoe was back down, lying down next to the seal again, her paws out, ears back. Right. Yeah, and I just just couldn't get over. Now, I managed to get the rope off the seal's neck. Don't even ask me how, how I did it. I, I don't even remember. I just managed to get it off somehow. And um, Zoe all all the time was watching, watching what was going on. And um, so that was kind of panic over at that point. I contacted um, Paddy Quinlan from Funky Town. He was the first person that kind of came into my head. You yeah. know, he runs the Funky Town Adventure Centre. I know, yeah, in, yeah, in Town. Yeah. Yes, and he contacted um, Seal Rescue Ireland. Um, and I put a post up on Facebook also to see if someone could could, could then come up. And I got plenty of calls. Key and Dalton, the lad there, rang me. He was hopping into his Jeep. But as it turned out, there was no need. Seal Rescue were on the way. I, just, I explained the situation to him on the phone. And they told me, look, there's no need to panic. Everything's okay now. We'll be down. Um, I actually had to go away. So I called in a friend, Billy Kennedy and Sheila. He's actually um, um, a songwriter. Okay. He, he, he actually wrote a song recently. Um, called Sea Creatures. It's a beautiful song, you know. Okay. And so, you know, um, so Billy came down. I had to go away, and the, the seal was rescued. And it, it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Zoe. That's 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 the yeah, point here. It's, you, it's you know? phenomenal that she. First of all, do you know, I often think when when if you take a simple thing like a dog sitting at the front window looking out into a dark night, and I always say. That dog can see things we can't see, can hear yeah. things we can't hear. And that's obviously what happened. Zoe heard something or smelt something. Yeah. And just yeah. went to another animal, recognized yeah. distress, yeah. and got into a position where it wasn't threatening, empathetic, yeah. and yeah. in some strange animalistic way, they yeah. bonded. They did. They're, I think that's the, that's, that's the correct word. word um, they actually did bond, you, you know. I mean, two creatures who really shouldn't be near each other, yeah. just shared this kind of moment. And, you know, I, I'm just, uh, I'm privileged to witness this. But, PJ, I want to make the point that, um, you know, look, I, we're getting meshed just all over the world the last couple of days since this has gone out, you know. Yeah. Um, I didn't put this up for myself or anything like that. I put this up because, as you know, Zoe's a German Shepherd. Yes. And I, I just feel that, you know, German Shepherds, and look, this is not the time today, but do want to get into, 
get into a debate about David No, but you can be straight about they, they can get a bad rap. And they do, yeah. they do. And, and I've had it, I've had people, I've, I've had people shout at me, I've had people roar at me, get that dog in the lead, when, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I've had it, I've had people run from me with their kids. Yeah, you know, and I understand that, and I'm not here to judge anyone. I, I, I of course, understand that. You, yeah. you know, but I just wanted to tell the story because, because of the breed and because of the bad rap they yeah. get. But and what you saw, what you saw there was just that's that's one of the strange things about not just nature but dogs in particular. Yeah. There's no understanding how she picked that. I think you also have a daughter that she's brilliant with too. She's uh, yes, I've um, Saoirse. She, she's autism. She's okay. six. Right. Yeah, so you know yourself, um, PJ. I, 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 I know a bit about your own story. I do. You know, I do. It's, it's, I do. It's, yeah, it's yeah. And, and that bond, that bond between a child mm-hmm. and a dog, it's it's there is no explanation for it. There's no science no, can explain it. There's no science can can explain it. And how gentle she is, and how how she she understands. Zoe knows somewhere in in her soul that there's a that there's. I was going to say, you know, it's not a problem, but there's there's obviously a need with with yeah. with. With, with my daughter, getting these no? extra protection and to be extra watched. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you, but you know, more more than anything else, PJ, she's helped me to deal with Saoirse. You know, you know, yeah. you know. Zoe has taught me so much, and the, the most important thing she has taught me is, after a bad day, move on. Yeah, move on. It, it's it's over. Forget it. Get on your runners and go for a walk. Where did she come from, Olin? You only have her a year and a half, you said. I have her here now. She came from um, Animal Rescue Cove. There was a, a young lad here in Cove who, who, who had her Kean as his name. Listen, a fantastic lad. And you know, the dog can't be confused, but that is not down to Kean in, in any way. Yeah. He's best. You know, I was just better placed at the time to take her, you, you know. And I really want to stress that point. Kean did a fantastic job. And he was on to me last night. He sent me a lovely message last night, you know. And I, I just have to say to Kean that Zoe will always be his dog as well, you, yeah. you, you know. But she came to me. She was confused. I'll be honest with you, PJ. If you're tell, if you're to tell the the correct story, the true story here, Zoe was very, very tough work at the start. I mean, she was straight for me a lot. Yeah. We go, we go for walks, and you know, all of a sudden she disappear. Wouldn't come back to the house until two hours later. It's up in Cross Save Notice Board on Facebook. There's a German Shepherd. There's an Alsatian. I hate the word Alsatian because the negative connotations, you know, mm. with that word. But there's an Alsatian around the town, and it was getting embarrassing. And I remember one Sunday morning, put my hands on my head, thinking. This is it. I have to be home. Like I, I can't do it. And I just took my heels in, and that's when the early morning started. It's half past five, six o'clock in the morning. We go up running again in the evening, and I just exercised her till I couldn't exercise her anymore. And I'm we're at the point now, PJ, where I can leave the door open, I can leave the gate open, and she won't move anywhere. Yeah. And it's, she has turned into the dog I knew she could become. Yeah. And she has become that, and it all came, it all came together. I think. On Monday evening. And you know, do you know what happened the other day then, Nolan? What happened was you gave her a chance and then she saw this helpless little creature and that little creature also needed a chance. I, well, look, I suppose that's a bit, that's, I think it's a bit of a romantic way of looking at it. It is, but sod it. Sod it. Let's look at it like that, you know? Because yeah, that was I, a remarkable thing. And it's why I opened the conversation by saying, we don't deserve dogs. No, we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. Okay, I don't know what was going through her mind. I, 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 honestly, PJ, and I would say this honestly, I think even when, when Zoe was a bit wild running around, I think she still would have done that mm. when, it, when I first got her. I think it's just within her. It's in her soul. Yeah. She, I remember once we were walking through, we were walking through Carrigaline and there was a man in a wheelchair and she doubled back to follow the man. You know, she she kind of pick out vulnerable people, Protective. vulnerable things. Yes, and I, I, she just has that in her. 
Um, no, she's look. She's absolutely amazing, and you know we're just absolutely blessed. And Brilliant. I think it's a, I think it's a beautiful story. It's, it's a lovely know. story. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. It really is. And um, you're 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 great to have brought, rescued her, if you want, and and stuck with her and give her the chance that she deserved. And now she's paying back in spades. Listen, PJ, I can assure you, she's done a lot more for me, uh, and uh, an awful lot more. You know, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the lucky one here. I can and you know what? You're you coming after a tough old day. You're coming after a tough old day, yeah. and your dog just says, "Right, move on." Yeah, especially the days after after having Searsha. You know, you, you know, it's not easy. And I do. Those, those are the days when I come home after dropping Searsha home, and you're just a look in the eyes. Come on, it, it's over. And that's 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 the greatest lesson. That's the greatest lesson I've learned from. From Zoe, and and I suppose even during lockdown, there's perhaps a risk that I might become isolated, you, you know, which wouldn't have bothered me the slightest because I live in a lovely spot. But Zoe kind of got me out in the boat, and I ended up meeting lots of people around the area. You know, I'm actually from Crosshaven, but there's a lot of new people in Crosshaven now, especially around Weaver's Point. Sure, I, I got I got to know a lot of people, and just from walking her, it's a great social activity too. And you know, she looks, listen, she's absolutely marvelous, okay. you, you know. And if anyone ever there's a lot of people out there who are afraid of German shepherds, please feel free to contact me if you want to confront your fear because I can assure you this dog will, will change your outlook very, very quickly. Olin, listen, a pleasure talking to you. And no give, her, give her an old pat on the head for me, will you? I will, of course. Thanks, PJ. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers Olin. That's Olin Olungig from Weaver's Point, Crosshaven, and the story of Zoe, the rescue dog who rescued the seal pup. I just think it's a lovely story. We don't deserve dogs. We sure don't. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, counting down to Christmas and serving you for 60 years and counting. Cork's 96FM. Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96 FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Each week we bring you the latest news from our vibrant and creative communities all around Cork. Whether it's tips for the best live gigs online, new initiatives from Cork's writers and musicians, join Elmery Mall and Connor Tallon as we work to support and keep the arts alive in Cork. The Arts House. Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. With Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh flowery and full of taste it's at the root of what we do on Cork's 96 FM this is Cork's Gold Imro award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan text or WhatsApp now 0833969696 on Cork's 96 FM around the end of October we started talking about what might be possible to do with the pendy dinners on Saint on Christmas Day uh, this year, and well, they reached out to us, and we did what we could to help, and we had a a big plan in place, a big, extravagant, wonderful plan in place. Michael Mulcahy, who was the event manager for this, joins me. Michael, we've an update. I think. Good morning. Morning, Peter. Yes, we do. And um, as you said there, we had a big plan for the indoor space for the uh, Christmas Day lunch and the outpouring of support uh, that has come from the business community um, throughout Cork City and County uh, to help with that. 
uh, has been absolutely, for me, overwhelming. And I think it just shows again, you know, the support that is there, the love that's there for Cork Penny Dinners, for what Katrina and the team of volunteers do every day of the week, 365 days of the year. So our update on that is that we had a meeting this week and uh, I suppose following, um, you know, uh, guidance and numbers and all the different things that are circulating out there, even this morning from Neffet and so forth, we've decided to err on the side of caution this year, just so that everybody who is going to have a Christmas dinner, and that's the, the fantastic thing, I think, about uh, Cork Penny Dinners, everybody who wants a Christmas dinner in Cork this year will have a Christmas dinner, which is the, the great story of what you put together with 96FM and what the team uh, that we've been working with, John Minahan, Robert Stevens, um, um, and anybody else that Margaret Griffin in Griffin's Garden Centre and so forth. But erring on the side of caution, I think, is just to ensure that everybody will have a very safe Christmas this year. So the event uh, that we had planned in the underground car park won't take place as we had envisaged it. But again, everybody will have their Christmas T-shirt, everybody will have their Christmas lunch, and the plan B that uh, Katrina has put in place for this uh, will be effectively every bit as good in the circumstances of the year that, that everybody is in. Yeah, because the the plan for the car park was was exquisite. We've been going through it yeah. in in, pre, in previous programs, but in the light of the situation and in the best interests and all, it probably is best not to go ahead as the decision to be made. Yeah, when you look at what we were doing with the car park, really, uh, we were we were fully carpeting a car park and enclosing uh, the car park with with curtains to turn it into effectively a ballroom. Um, and you know, I've no doubt that next year. And in future years, that plan for Cork is something that's going to come back where Cork, I think, just like Dublin has their RDS or the Mansion House in previous years, they don't have it this year. But I think we we should be doing something like that in Cork so that there's a big celebration on Christmas Day because, again, you know, Cork Penny Dinners, unfortunately, the space there is, is restricted, even at the best of times. But Cork Penny Dinners will be open. Uh, the building itself will be open on Christmas yes. Day uh, this year, so anybody who wants to drop in there for a lunch, lunch would be there. But the plan B that Katrina has in place for it is going to just ensure that everybody who wants a Christmas lunch will have a Christmas lunch. Nobody will go without. And okay. I think, you know, that's the great message that, that is there um, for everybody who has supported that. Also as well, you know, uh, the evening uh, run uh, with the Night Riders is continuing to take place. So uh, nothing will change with Cork Penny Dinners other than the fact that everybody who wants a Christmas lunch this year is going to get it. And I think that's a tremendous message okay. that the business community, the volunteers of Cork Penny Dinners have given uh, to anybody who wants the support uh, that Cork Penny Dinners give every day. And, you know, we were delighted to help in any way, the small little bit of help with events and so forth that we can do. Uh, but maybe there's a bigger picture here for Christmas 2021 and yeah. beyond as well. I know that the... Katrina was so excited about all this and having it all coming together. How is she taking the latest decision? Yeah, you know, she's a bit disappointed that the big event that we wanted to have won't take place in the way that it is going to take place. But she's looking forward as well to maybe what will come in 2021. And again, you know, the overriding fact here uh, for Katrina and everybody involved in Penny Dinners is erring on the side of caution and ensuring that... uh, we look after the people who are vulnerable or we look after the people who are coming uh, to attend Penny Dinners or who are going to receive a, a lunch on Christmas Day f- from Penny Dinners. 
that the gifts that they're going to get and you know people have been tremendous as, as Katrina will tell herself with, with what they bring into penny dinners for the kids for adults and things like that so I think for, for everybody who is going to receive something from, from penny dinners this year be it their Christmas day lunch or be it the gift or the hampers that uh, Katrina and the team of volunteers have been putting together you know hundreds of hampers um, uh, that's just I think an unbelievable outpouring yeah. of support yeah. uh, and and love from from individuals, from businesses who give to Cork Penny Dinners um, quietly and privately um, that we never hear a thing about. But it just means. That well, I think I think Michael, what what personified it was that when when she reached out at the end of October and and when when I contacted you and we we, we started to talk, the outpouring at that point. How beloved of the people of Cork is the Penny Dinners and is Katrina? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to say from the, the, the moment you contacted me in it and, and I put something out on, on social media, uh, I had over 230 offers of help from people with uh, lighting to sound to carpets to a whole range of different things, volunteers who wanted to get involved. Um, and everything fell back to... You know, the 132 years since 1888 that Cork Penny Dinners is operating in Cork. Um, That history of what it's done, what it continues to do, and in a pandemic year, absolutely nothing changed. If anything, they're doing more work than they ever did before under hugely restrictive uh, conditions because of numbers and safety. And I was in Penny Dinners during the week for a meeting. And again, you know, when you see the the safety precautions that have been put in there by the the, the company that is doing all the the sanitizing and so forth for Katrina and the team, and everything else is there, every every possible precaution uh, for the people who are coming to Cork Penny Dinners has been put in place, which is the good news story that there has been so little with COVID involved in the community throughout Cork uh, City that is being supported by Cork Penny Dinners, and we need to keep it that way. Okay. All right, Michael. And look, here's to a big, big event in 2021 when we might be rid of this blasted thing once and for all. Absolutely. But again, this year, uh, Christmas lunch for everybody, uh, a lovely Christmas T-shirt from the business community of Cork to all of the recipients of lunch with a little message just to say, we're thinking of you, we're supporting you, and we're not just here for Christmas. And Cork Penny Dinners, I, if what I mean by that, Cork Penny Dinners, not just here for Christmas, it's here 365 days of the year. And indeed, yesterday we were talking and we heard from a family who have made Christmas cards, over 200 Christmas cards, handmade, and each person who gets their lunch will get one of those. Correct. I mean, the, that outpouring, as you said, you know, the, the beloved organisation that Cork Penny Dinners is, um, you know, it gets huge respect and huge support from the people of Cork. Um, you know, let's hope going into 2021 that it gets huge support from other organisations and authorities because it deserves it. All right. Michael, we'll leave it there for today. And thank you very much. That's Michael Mulcahy, who from Number One Events, who wants to be event manager for the miracle of Little Hanover Street. And it's not happening as we wanted it to happen, but it's still happening. Everybody, everybody who wants a dinner this Christmas Day from Penny Dinners will get one. The premises itself will be open all day as normal and they will have their night run out in the evening and a special little treat for everyone, the t-shirts and the little bits and pieces. The big, the big event itself put back till another day uh, on best advice. But 
there'll still be a dinner for everybody who wants it. 1850-715-996. Some breaking news internationally. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron has tested positive for COVID-19. That's the latest international COVID news breaking as we speak. 1850-715-996. Kate says, getting back to the dog, Zoe the Wonder Dog, our fear of the Alsatian comes from TV and movies where they're used by police and were used by the Nazis. If you look, they use camera tricks as well to make them larger than life. My daughter, who is a veterinary nurse, would absolutely choke you for calling a German Shepherd an Alsatian. It's, it, and neither does most people who have a German Shepherd as a pet don't call them Alsatians. But we've got to know them, and Kate is right. They were put, the Alsatian made them sound like a dangerous dog. And thank you, Kate, by the way, for the Christmas card and, and the little sweeties that she sent to the team. Thank you very much. 1850-715-996. Now, I thought it in the middle of the autumn, I'm looking back here into the end of, well, the end of October. Yeah, the end of October. Uh, we'd heard the daftest political comment of the year. I really think we had heard that. Remember this one. This was the comment, one of the political comments of the year. Clothes are not essential. So I can buy a bottle of wine, but I cannot buy socks for my son. Socks come on, they're clothes. Yeah, we thought we wouldn't best that. Then yesterday, Michal Martin, the Taoiseach, stood up in the doll to respond to Richard Boyd Barrett. I talked to you about the banks. The banks were not bailed out. Shareholders in the banks were not bailed out. The state took equity. The shareholders were not bailed out. That's not a popular thing to say, but it's the facts. Would you never want to hear the facts? Because you live in a fantasy economic wonderland. Jim Horgan, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me. What did you think when you heard that? My blood is boiling. P- PJ, I, 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 I live in Cove now 22 years, but I grew up in Ballyvihan and went to Skull Creek Street. Right. right. And with Michal's brother, who was in my class, and Michal would have been two classes behind us, I would think. He, right. He'd have been younger. But I, I tell you something, that was pure arrogance on his part yesterday. Um, he said that Richard Boyd Barrett was living in a fantasy economic wonderland. Mm. I, I'm wondering, is it Michal is living in this wonderland and not uh, uh, Richard, Richard Boyd Barrett? Barrett yeah. yeah. Uh, look, look, at the time, PJ, around the time of this bank collapse, I had to give up work early because my wife fell very ill. Okay. So I had to retire early. And I went on welfare loans and all this thing. And because of the bank's collapsing, my welfare was cut. Yeah. Our Christmas bonus on the welfare was gone. It took years for that to be reintroduced. And Michal Martin has the gall to say that the banks weren't bailed out. It cost it cost sixty four billion to bail them out. When Michal Martin was in opposition, seven times he brought it up in the drive. Fifty seven times, yeah. About about banks being bailed out, and yeah. he used the arrogance to say this to Richard Bard by Barrett yesterday. Michal Martin should realise that he's in the party that the smallest vote in the election. The party they got biggest vote in Fein are in opposition and they're doing a good job. Mm. And and he shouldn't be as arrogant. He should be more pious. Mm. 
And 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 I, I'll be honest, I I I I that's the man for that statement. It's just pure lie. Yeah. So I, I I'm very annoyed. I'm shaking here. You know, but it's uh, it, it's um, to, to the wrong thing to say, it, and in a very arrogant way to uh, a man that I've good respect for, Richard Boy Barrett. Yeah, perhaps, and this is not to try to analyse or to understand what Michal Martin said. Per- perhaps he was saying that the term the term bailout is not the right description of what happened. Uh, well, PJ, it, it, it was a bailout. It was a bailout. We know it was a bailout. It, it, yeah, but the term it was, I'm saying it'll never be recorded in any official document as a bailout. Well, well, it, but we know it was a bailout. Yeah, we, they were we gone thought, without it. Put it that way, they were gone to the wall without it. And we, 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 we all, we all pay for it. We did, and we'll be, pay, and our pay. grandchildren will pay for it. Yeah, and uh, uh, p- p- uh, and I look at my paycheck when I get it, uh, and, and I look at a wa- massive lump of a thing called a USC. Exactly. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's yeah. that's the legacy of the of, of the banks. And, and yeah. when I see the, the amount of money that is whipped away every month out of my wage and exactly. universal social, that's the bailout. PJ, there's a bank, there's a bank in Cove. I don't know if I can mention the name, but it's supposed to be the bank representing the people of Ireland, so you can guess the name. Yeah. They have a branch here in Cove. And before COVID, we had 110 liners coming in, 120 liners coming in, whatever. Yeah. And people used to get off those ships and go into the bank that's supposed to be representing Ireland and Cove. They don't handle cash. There's a few you're banks out the, there like that now, yeah. Yeah, you go in there with a fiver, they won't take it. You ask them for a fiver, they won't give it. There's a few banks out there like that now. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they do it, but that's the way it is. In the harbour. I, I, my blood boils, but go back to me, and what he said was um, not true, and the arrogant way which he said it, and he, he the, the man would want to bear in mind that he's in the party that got the least votes in the last election. Mm-hmm. Mm. And why he's a Taoiseach, I don't know. And I went to school with the man. Yeah. Well, but, he, he's the Taoiseach but, because he managed to cobble together the votes to become Taoiseach. That's just it, how it works. Exactly. To keep, to keep Sinn Féin out. That's all that was. Yeah. Uh, my, I'm shaking here now. My blood is boiling. No, I think a lot of people felt like that because I saw the clip and I said, Oh, oh hold on, my, 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 did, did you just say that? Yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked. Yeah, shocked. And, 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 and still shocked. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people were very taken aback by, by that statement yeah. yesterday. All, all, all that time again with the with, with the, 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 the bank bailout with, when things went wrong for me when I had to... And as Fergal, as Fergal correctly points out to me the IMF themselves use the term bailout. Oh? The IMF, the International Monetary oh, Fund they did, called, yeah. the term, called it a bailout. Thank you Fergal, yeah. I'd forgotten that. Yes. So, yeah. but, but 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 people lost money. I, I, I myself now again going back to that time. I I was uh, caught up with the Irish nation wide collapse. Oh God, you poor man. Um, my my mortgage with 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 them and whatever, and I had money invested there, and that was lost. Yeah. Yeah. No, how dare me, Mountain say that we didn't bail out the banks? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I lost a few bob that I had. So, uh, I'm sorry, I'm right, and and a lot of people like you. Thank you, Jim. That's Jim Horgan.
That's what Michal said yesterday in the Dáil, in answer to Richard Boyd Barrett. I talked to you about the banks. The banks were not bailed out. Shareholders in the banks were not bailed out. The state took equity. The shareholders were not bailed out. That's not a popular thing to say, but it's the facts. Would you never want to hear the facts? Because you live in a fantasy economic wonderland. Yeah, the state took equity. That equity we will be paying for for the rest of our lives. That's a bailout in any man's language. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. Coming up, if you're one of those people who's ever laughed at someone caught in a dating scam, I promise you, you won't laugh anymore after you hear our next story. Every time you hear one of those stories, people go, ah, what kind of a fool gets caught like that? Trust me. Trust me. It happens. It happens. Just on the subject, though, of Michal Martin's comments, leaving aside Martin's embarrassment to the term bailout, says this call, the policy was endorsed by the mainstream non-left parties, and the problem is they don't have a credible policy that the bankers would agree to. I understand their policy was to take on the bankers, this is the left, I take it, but if you take, for example, a strike, the union may go head-to-head with the company, but they understand the whole process must eventually end in agreement. The left in Ireland need to learn they can't just create solutions that ignore these realities. Which is an interesting point. You know, when you go into a strike or a dispute of any kind, Everybody knows going into the start of a dispute or a strike of some kind that it will eventually be ended and that everybody will have to walk away with something they can agree with. And that, I think, is what that call says regarding what happened uh, to the banks or with the banks back in 2008-2009. Ask PJ to ask the last caller how does he feel about his marvellous Sinn Féin and Brian Stanley's comments recently. How the press are letting this slide is incredible. Well, I wouldn't say the press were letting it slide. There was pages and pages of stuff done on, on Brian Stanley and his absolutely ridiculous tweets. Uh, Mick says, Simon Coveney's pledge that civil war politics is meaningless. We'll always have these people trying to be clever with words until we have a proper sovereign government in Ireland that looks after its own people, not Crown EU or IMF. Uh, Michal Martin's point was that shareholders in the banks were not bailed out, which they weren't individually. And that is valid. They weren't individually bailed out. But the banks themselves, equity was bought in the banks to keep everything going. That's why it's called a bailout. Paul said it would have been cheaper to pay off every householder's mortgage and have money flowing in the economy rather than bail out the banks for crying out loud. We can revisit all those stories forever and ever and ever. It happened. Now, when you get your paycheck or your pension check or anything you get and you look at USC, that's the legacy of what happened that day in 2008, that week in 2008. That's the legacy. That blasted USC will be stuck with us until we're all well past the old and grey marker. On dogs and on Zoe the Wonder Dog... Jerry, the dog keeper, says, I mentioned that my daughter would hate the term uh, Alsatian. Tell your daughter the name of the dog was Alsatian until 1977. Yeah, I know. She's only 23. That's, that's, yeah, long before her time. It was a neutral term that did not acknowledge Germany's claim over an area of France. Yeah, it was the Alsace region. Yes, I'm not actually sure it was a good thing the name was changed. Well, Jerry, the dog keeper, I would say as a dog lover, it was a good thing 
that the name was changed because the Alsatian, the name Alsatian, has an aggressive tone to it. The name German Shepherd indicates a protective dog, like a shepherd. So, yeah, I don't like the term Alsatian. I grew up to be afraid of Alsatians, as they were called then. I would, and I love dogs. I would have walked across the road from one and run across the road from one. Now I realise that they're not that, that they're not fearsome at all. And in actual fact, they could be big, gentle idiots or big, gentle, caring animals. As Zoe is. But thank you, Jerry, for your contribution. Yes, I know the name was changed in the late 70s or early 80s. And Anyway, let us talk to, to Sharon Kenny because Sharon, I, we've talked before on the programme um, about your, your matchmaking business, but I didn't know how you went, started up doing it in the first place. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, it was unusual. When you were single, and I was 39 at the time, I thought, where do you go when you want to find love? And I didn't even think of a matchmaker, even though I was matchmaking so many friends. Mm. And I tried online dating. I came across this guy um, whose name happened to be Jason. He sounded like he was from Cork. Uh, not sounded, because I hadn't talked to him at that stage. Mm. So How did you come across him in the first place? Did you go onto a dating site, or what happened? I went on to a dating site and um, my marriage was just over and I was just at that stage where you're looking around, you're feeling very lonely, you're feeling very vulnerable because your marriage has just broken down and you're feeling very hurt. Um, in my case, I was looking for love and I just thought that the feeling of hurt, that, you know, they, moving on would be find someone else. And, you know, if it meant that they were further away, that's okay because you're at the beginning of moving on. And my kids were like four, eight and ten. So I thought, you know, even if it takes me two or so years and they they live abroad, that this guy happened to live abroad, but said he was from Cork, said he was an engineer on um on a plant and he was an, worked in the oil business mm. and made it sound and like... And was it um, on a site you found him, Sharon? I, can I mention the site or will I? Or, uh, it, w- it, it would have been a dating, a, a known dating site, shall we Yeah, say. yeah, it's a known dating site and had pictures of, up of him and his daughter. He, uh, His daughter was the same, around the same age as my eldest um, and it all looked really weird, really, 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 really real and he had um, an 086 number so I thought he was, I believed he was Irish because this is back in 2007. You would have thought, you know, anyone who had an 086 number. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't talked to... We text and messages and built up this really strong bond and we giggled and we had a laugh. And he took me out with that kind of feeling like, will I ever meet someone again? Mm. Uh, will I ever be happy again? And... Um, and, he, and I was only 39, now I'm 53. Looking back, I was I look at it and say, how stupid could you be? Look how long did the texting I, and messaging go on for? It went on for about, I'd say, six weeks, a month, six weeks. Okay. And it was really kind of like, and it didn't get, get sexual. It was like, do you know, I miss talking to you today. I'd rush home from dropping the kids to school and run upstairs to kind of talk to this guy again who made me feel like a million dollars. He knew how to press every single button out there. And the reason after so many years that I'm actually saying it now is that I've so many clients who are being scammed. And yeah. they, before they come to 
to me, they say, listen, and these are the most innocent people. I had this 61-year-old lady and I'm going to change the county by one. I'll just say Carlo. And uh, absolutely lovely um, I'll say flute teacher. So just to give, and she brought up, I'll say six kids, but I'm changing the numbers just slightly because I don't want anyone to ever pick her out. Sure. But she was 61 and she was about five foot two, the sweetest, sweetest lady. I would have thought at 62, that would never, you'd never fall for that. You're a wise lady who educated your kids, who did everything for them when your husband died. And her husband died at 32. She had the toughest life. This guy got her for three grand and she didn't have it. She taught music she did from her home and she had five kids. So you can imagine living in a cottage, her situation. Yeah. And when I heard that, I just thought, listen, I cannot keep my story quiet yeah. because when I told her, she said, no way, no way. You're so confident. You're so outgoing. No way would you be caught? But we have to realise people are vulnerable at different yeah. stages in their life. So, so you're, talking to, you're talking to, to Jason, messaging yeah. and computer messaging for, we'll say, six weeks. At what stage yeah. did things start to change? And at what stage did you begin to feel uneasy? Um, now, this is before I, I was probably one of the first people who could have been scammed. It was the minute that he said he was coming to Ireland and he, now I live about half an hour from the Radisson Hotel. I'm closer to Bray Direction in Dublin. And he was saying, oh, and I'll stay in the Radisson. And I said, why would you stay in the Radisson when you, you know, if you stay closer to me, that would make more sense. And he said, no, do you not like the Radisson? And I thought, of course the Radisson's gorgeous, but it's, it's quite expensive. There's no point staying there when you can stay closer, a hotel closer to me. And he said, so he, then I thought, why is he pushing the kind of one of the most expensive hotels around me? So it kind of, I got a little kind of like red flag there saying there's something not quite right when he keeps on pushing the Radisson, when it makes sense being closer to me and um, because he was coming over to see me. And then the second red flag was, oh, the, the, then the turnaround was, um, oh, I was robbed and um, they've got everything. And he was meant to get the flight the next day and he was meant to book the Radisson, etc. And he said, oh my gosh, they've got my money. They've hijacked so-and-so. He said he, he was caught in a kind of hijack situation in Nigeria uh, where they or South Africa where, so, uh, where they got all his documents. He lost all his cards. He can't get in touch. And I said, I hope you're not going to ask me. And he said, and he said I'd, I'd need two and a half grand to get over to you. And I actually said, in a joke, I hope you're not going to ask me for two and a half grand and laughed. And he he went, <laughs> he said, well, he said, unfortunately, I can't come then. Now, when I was talking to this old lady who was 61, the same thing happened to her. And she said, listen, I'll send you the money to get over, which was three grand. You know, she's, because she'd been talking to him for six months. Yeah. And she said, I'll send you the money. And I went, what? Why would you do that? You know, she, and she said it was all her savings. Mm. And she said, because we built up a bond and he made me feel so special. Yeah. And he made me love myself again and feel loved again. And Sharon, and at this stage, had you bonded the, with this guy to the point where you were tempted to give him money? 
I I really had bonded with the guy, but I smelt a red flag. I really, like, I thought I was falling in love with the guy. Now, people might sound think that sounds so stupid, but if you're talking to someone for, say, an hour in the morning and then an hour in the evening, and then if, at lunchtime, if you get half an hour in between, and you, you're you using, uh, you're, you're thinking about them, they're sending you little one-liners. This is through Messenger. They're sending you one-liners to keep you kind of pulling you in yep. all the time. They're getting under your skin, under your heart. They're making you feel so special when you feel so low in yourself. They can sniff out vulnerable people. They absolutely, within no time, and they know exactly how to draw you in. You, you gave him, of, he, he elicited from you certain information, which you gave willingly because you were, I suppose you were taken by his by his niceness I suppose or what you yeah. perceive and, nice. and you gave him yeah. the information to use then yeah because he'd say you know he talked about his wife dying of cancer so I felt sorry for him straight away so he brought up he got my sympathy he got my trust nearly in you know in a couple of days um, then he didn't seem that he was pushy so he kind of slowly got under my skin he asked about my kids he asked about my life he when you're when you're feeling that low you're all you want is a bit of affection attention and appreciation and I felt like none of those in my life so I just I tried to be one of those people who always tries to be really brave and mm. keep that outer smile and mm. and convince yourself everything's all right. But in the inside, I was really broken, and, uh, mm. and so I was trying to be braver than I was. At so what point did you ring oh, him? It was when he asked for or kind of insinuated, "I need the money," and I actually remember walking out to the garden because my kids were there. I wasn't out at the same house of, uh, as my husband. I couldn't afford to at that stage, uh, so we were still living in the same house. So I went outside. It was a one day around lunchtime. I rang, and he said, uh, "He said." Um, Hello, and whatever accent. Now, I know the accent because when we were younger and going to church, there was this... Uh, now, I'm 53, so you have to imagine when I was 20, there weren't a lot of Nigerians in Ireland. And mm-hmm. there was this Nigerian person in our church. Now, I must have been about 15 at that stage. And he used to come around for Sunday lunches because he didn't know anyone. He was a student in UCD over here. and My parents would invite him over for lunch. And he was from Nigeria. His name was Eze. And I knew the accent so well because he used to come over every Sunday for lunch when we were younger. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, the minute he said hello, I said, and he, I said, uh, I said, you're from Nigeria. And he said, what? No, no, I'm not. He said, I've done work there. No, I'm not. And he was kind of coming up with the quick liners even then. I said, don't bull me. And uh, I said, stop talking rubbish. I said, I know, I know the situation. I know, I know you're a scammer now. Um, so, uh, Oh, I just I rang the police straight away. I said, "Listen, just in case that they put me on to, they'll tell you exactly where to go." But it's so important to report these people because they go again and again and again. But I, I actually felt I even said it to my ex at the time. I actually I said, "I've just fallen for a scammer." Now we were at that stage on the process of separating and everything else, and we were moving on. And she's and I was so hurt. I just hmm. felt so absolutely gutted that someone had fooled me that much. And what did what did he say, this Jason, when you caught him out? How did he answer you? He 
I said, is there, because I d- I've talked about how we separated and, you know, um, and my past, and she said, is there any way you seem to, you know, not have that hate for your ex, you know, is or and that anger and that different stages, the five different stages you go through of breaking up, but I got through those stages and I said, no, there's no way, there's no way he, he was saying, so he was trying to say, is there any way you can, I thought, I can't believe you're doing this. I said, no, no, there's not. And I said, I am going to report you. And it, he said, then I said, I am so upset that you actually got under my skin. And I said, and I, it scares me to think how many other people that you were talking to, even though I don't know how he'd have the time to remember the same situation. But I remember, and I completely forgot about this. Um, so then when I was 45, there was this client of mine and she was here and she said she was talking to a guy online before she, this is before she became a client and she mm. said, do you mind if I go through this? And she said, look, and she said, this is him. And I was around 45, she was around 45. And I said, that's a scammer. She said, no, no. And I thought, I went on um, this dating site. Same time as her, I went and clicked on his picture and I said, hi, how are you? And he started talking to her and me at the same time with a minute in between and her line. And I said, no, did you not say your your ex died of so-and-so? And he told her a different story. So he didn't even, it was the same person who was scamming her, trying to scam me at the same time. She's a professional, and yeah. Yeah, and he didn't realise. I said, did you not say your wife died of cancer? And he said, no, where did you get that from? And you'd see the pauses a little longer in between because he'd be getting back to her. And she said, I don't believe it. I don't. And then she just said, to, I sent him, you're a scammer. And his his page went down straight away. And mm. then uh, and her page went down straight away as quickly as that. Yeah. So you caught this guy out and... and I suppose you had been coming to a, an agreement, as it were. You you were put you were going through stuff with your with your ex that everyone has to do. Yeah. Did that set you back in terms of hurt and pain and stuff? It did for a while, but it, you know, there's this thing, and it's a Japanese thing, and it's called Kensho. And when you go into your pain, you get your biggest awakening. And you realize it gets you to cop on. So when people say, you know, what doesn't. Uh, that expression, what doesn't kill you. Makes you stronger, yeah. Makes you stronger. It's so, It's called a, a Japanese phrase, kensho, and it really does make you stronger. It goes, do you know what? You need to cop on. <laughs> you need to just get your act together. You need to fall in love with yourself first. And instead of thinking of yourself as a jigsaw with a piece missing, you put in that piece. Don't expect anyone else to put in that piece. You cop on and start loving yourself because I looked like I loved myself, but deep down I was fragile as hell and broken as hell and I just was being tough for every, <coughs> excuse me for everyone else. Is but, that the key to people that might fall into that scammer's trap that you know you at the time yeah. at the time you didn't love yourself very much and and, yeah. and that left you open? Yeah absolutely now I'm not saying that you should be uh, uh, um, completely leave your barriers up because you won't attract love either that way but you have to be a bit vulnerable but just notice red flags straight away if you feel there's so many pages out there that give help and tips and things I have a page um, on Facebook 21 days dating challenge and if someone just messages in there and have a problem there's always someone to give advice to them and just say I'm just feeling this from so and so 
trust your gut. Yeah, your see, gut the thing is, about it, people won't. And I, people, if they're in the midst of yeah. a situation like this and they've come to a point where it's some yeah. foreigner or some, sorry, some stranger that they've never dealt yeah. with, um, as in you thought he was, you thought he was an Irishman overseas. So you were in, you, you'd worked yourself into a scenario. Like, you were kind of, you, were you embarrassed to tell anybody about this? That's why it's taken me nearly 14 years to tell it. And it's uh, the only reason I'm telling it is because I see it happening. Like this, the postman, now not our postman, a postman close to us, um, he actually was telling me a story about how he was scammed for seven grand and he wouldn't tell anyone. He said, there is no way. I'd be absolutely mortified if people knew. And I thought, oh my gosh, the more we keep this quiet, the more people are going to be done all the time because these people can get under... They discover. And so it's so important to love yourself first. And I know that's around there and people keep on talking about love yourself first. But there's so many people who aren't secure. Like only 50% of people are secure in themselves. And then there's there's the uh, attachment styles. Then there's anxious and avoidant. And that's about another 50% of people. So it's just because we've been hurt through our lives. Like we're human. Everyone's yeah. been hurt in some way. And it affects people more in, than others in, yeah. in different forms. And you possibly were sharing things with him that you wouldn't normally share with a stranger because of that, that hurt. Yeah, because it's like they say hairdressers hear all the problems from the world. Like my friends, my best friends would know, but they'd nearly be too close. And I would be telling him stuff about how I got hurt we, and, and opening up about how I, what, what really hurt me about us breaking up. And, and I'd be telling him that I wouldn't tell anyone. And I trusted telling him like you tell a hairdresser. That kind Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Kind of situation um, because you think I'm telling an outsider who is getting me to let down my your, my barriers. But you're in a relationship for a reason, a season, or forever. And some people are your Hang bridges. On, go and back he, over that. Go back over that for me. I like that one. What's that? You're in relationship. You're in a, a relationship for a reason, and the reason is could be 
it doesn't matter from security or for uh, to help you through something um, or even a season so this is a, a, you see people going into relationships for three six months nine months and then they realise that they have their old habits of breaking up of pushing someone away of avoiding something so that's the season or forever and that's people who can are, are secure in themselves who can say listen we had a fight about that let's sit down let's discuss it let's put all the cards on the table any fight the trick is just get it out there as soon as possible and try to say I feel like rather than you did this mm. you know so through all this it's made me so strong I mean when you think 50% of marriages break up first time round then it's 67 second time round and 73 the third time round and it is because we get into habits of blaming and rather than taking some of the blame yeah. and pushing and even now through these times everyone it's either they're getting married or they're breaking up but really just what they should do is take a deep breath and just get back into what do I really want what are mm-hmm. my values what do I love about myself what do I appreciate what can I take yeah. on over this time that I loved when I was 20 that made, gave me so much joy that I don't need to put all my attention on that other person who is probably doing the best that they can in our marriage in our relationship in our situation so take a step back because mm. it is tough times and people are so overwhelmed at the moment. I think just, the definite message mm. I'm getting from you though is and and you know anytime we talk to someone, I've talked to a few people who've yeah. been brave enough to tell me about being scammed and always, always, always the yeah. social media is full of people saying oh you fool that would never yeah. happen to me. Yeah. What's the oh, cost to that? It will make you stronger. If you say it out and get it out there, it'll make you stronger. And I have, you know, I've learned from that. So he, I would look at him as my bridge and he made me stronger on the other side by saying, do you know what? You need to get your act together. And if you go into a situation where you're, you've an open heart and you're vulnerable, you're going to get caught out. You need to get your act together first. Like I, when people look at me and I tell them that's over the last couple of days, when I tell them that, they just cannot believe that I was caught. Mm. And that's why I thought they always think it's that kind of like insecure, which I was at the time. Mm. I, I was just needy. I was, in, I was so needy for love. Yeah. So they go through... If you're needy you, and, and, and you think someone has a cure for you for that neediness, you'll head towards that straight away. You know, and it's, it's so easy to do. But when you learn from it and if you've been caught, you won't get caught a second time. <laughs> and if you do, you're, then you're an idiot. But you, you, basically, uh, you basically have to go, I'm going to bring the best me to find my soulmate or else I'm going to pick up a wound mate. And you will pick up a wound mate if you are not secure and happy in yourself. It doesn't mean you don't have to be uh, the the strongest guy out there or the strongest woman, just happy in your own skin and say, do you know, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm looking for and know your values and stop getting overwhelmed and making that list too long of Mr. or Mrs. Wright and just say, what are the top three things that matter to me? You know, like 50 years ago, 
93% of women used to go to for security and then 7% love. Now it's completely the other way around. Mm-hmm. 50 years ago, people used to die in their 40s and 50s. They didn't get a chance to get married a second time, third time, or it never existed or in, in a lot of yeah. country areas in Ireland. Uh, it, it would be you'd be looked at as if there's something wrong. Now people realise they're not living till 50 anymore. They're living till 90. Yeah. So... Y- there's a different attitude needed. Your 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 website is thematchmaker.ie, Sharon, isn't that it? That, that's right, yes. That's right. Okay. And if anyone needs your services to help, you, uh, there'll be no scammers there. That's that's uh, Sharon from thematchmaker.ie. We've talked to Sharon, thank you, Sharon Kenny, on the phone many times over the years on the programme. She's never revealed that story until today, but she too was almost, she caught him at the last minute. She was almost a victim of a dating scammer. And there are loads of people who've been caught by dating scammers. Dermot says, hello, Dermot. Haven't heard from you in a while, Dermot. A reverse search of any of Jason's images would have exposed the scam. The 086 number is only a VoIP. Be very careful out there. And Dermot, you're probably right, but the scammers are now using spurious legal complaints to tie Google up, to remove their pictures. And I don't know if you were listening a few weeks ago uh, to, I believe it was Liam Brady, uh, the private investigator uh, who looks into this stuff. And he said, Dermot, do not ever say that these guys are easy to trip up. They're not. They're professionals, groups of professionals. You should check out the YouTube channel also, says, says Dermot, scamming the scammers. And I have seen that. I have seen that. And there's, it's, there's great information on it. But I'll tell you this much, Dermot, and I'll issue you with a challenge, my friend. Um, if someone wants to catch you, catch you, they will. And you might think, oh, no, I'll reverse search now this. If someone wants to catch you, Dermot, you'll be caught. 1850-715-996 on the bailout. And Brian Stanley and the comment we heard earlier on, Mary Lou is staying very quiet about Brian Stanley. If it was any other party, she'd want them out immediately. And that's from Liz. Yeah, well, I could never understand about the Brian Stanley thing. Was they kind of told him go home and sit on it for a while, go home and take a week off and come back with a response kind of thing. Yeah, there's more in that story. I think there's definitely more in that. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM. With your local mace, serving local communities for 60 Christmases and counting. Cork's 96FM. It's the most talked about thing on your radio. I listen to it every day. And is it driving you crazy? Easy. Yeah. Do you know the answer? The rag and bone man skin. Rag and bone man. Yay! Yes! Yes! <laughs> Lorraine's one second Christmas song on Cork's 96 FM. Play and win the music guessing game that has all of Cork talking. Listen to The Big Drive Home weekdays from four. Identify the Christmas hit to win a Man Point gift card. And we've loads to give away. Loads to give away. Lorraine's one second Christmas song with Man Point Shopping Centre. Give the gift of endless options this year with a Man Point gift card. Listen and win. Listen and win. From 4 p.m. on Cork. Cork's 96 FM. 
This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show, The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now 083 396 96 96 on Cork's 96FM. Now, talking um, earlier on this morning with Olin about the wonder dog Zoe and, and the rescue of the seal pup down in, in uh, Weaver's Point earlier in the week and it's a lovely, lovely story about a magnificent, magnificent dog. Dee contacts us quite frequently on text and WhatsApp but I think it's your first time on the on the air, Dee. How are you? It's my second time. How are you, PJ? Is it your second time? Good. Yeah. Okay. In years, like. In years, okay. Your dog is Judson and he's a very special dog. Yeah, he's my second guy dog and I got him this year and Oh my God, I fell in love with him instantly. Didn't think I would, but I did. Yeah. But I did, like myself and my daughter, cry the first night because he's quite big and we didn't know what to expect. Whereas my retired guide dog would be a lot more gentle. She's a golden retriever. She'd be heading for 10. Judson is a big black Labrador with massive paws. But he's so good for my mobility. Like on top of suffering from sight loss, my mobility has kind of decreased in the last few years. So he's, when I walk with him on my left side, if I have a wobble, which I do plenty, he kind of, you know, it pushes me back yeah. on the track on the road. He balances you up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Is the, your, your retired dog still living with you? Yeah, like you... The, I can't emphasise too how great my trainers were, especially Dave Keneally in the Dog Centre. Um, and I apologise if I'm nervous. It's just part you're of my grand, DNA. You're <laughs> grand. You're flying it. You're flying it. You and me having a chat with 70-odd thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. So your retired dog and Judson live with you. Do they get on with each other? At the start, it was kind of touch and go because Zara would have been afraid a little bit of him because she wouldn't have been used to having another dog in the house. Yes. So, like, if they went out the back, I'd have to kind of pull him a bit, well, all of us, off her because he was kind of too heavy. But now, oh, my God, they've such a really close bond. Like, they kind of, you know... Like an old married couple now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But (laughs) she's still... But she hasn't left her, 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 like, her skills, her, how would you say, her training hasn't left her. Oh, they don't forget how to be a guide dog at all. And it's like she she lets us know that, him know that she's still boss. Like, I love cooking. And she'll always, like, you know, step back behind and watches him, whereas he's only waiting to see if I drop something on the floor. <laughs> like, we've had a few incidents, kind of, but they're just, like, teething problems at the start. And the guide dogs came down to help out again. Um like he managed to take a whole chicken that was going to go into the oven and ate every single part of it. Um, And he even today, when I was listening to tea, he managed to get a packet of chewing gum, but herself uh, saved the day because she alerted me to him doing it. So I managed to get a packet of chewing gum. Yeah, well, no, I got them all out. If these guys don't listen, they'd be like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. <laughs> no, but like that's where I suppose I kind of part of me at the beginning was like, oh god, I don't know, do I want him? Be- I was putting it it down, uh, it down to him being a male dog. I was I was blaming that because 
he's kind of boisterous and he's he's kind of was doing things that she didn't do. Yeah. But I suppose that what that was me not understanding the difference in breed at all. Sounds well. like he's a bit of an old messer at the time. Oh, big time. Oh, like God. his mother. <laughs> he's a, <laughs> a non-biological mom. But, um, yeah, no, like, I can't, again, stress, you know, the not only for me, but for the rest of the family, like, mm-hmm. as you said earlier, you know, for any of us, if you come in from work or whatever, you have a bad day. And, you know, their love is just so loyal. Yeah. But, they, like, again, they're not just for... Christmas, or no. you know, no. they're, they're part. Of, they're part of the family, and you should treat them, treat them yeah. as such. Even though he Judson is is a working dog, he's still he he's still part of the family. Dee, I'm glad that you're so happy with him and with Zara, who was there before him and still with you. And I'm glad you're happy. And I have a great Christmas yourself and the family and all of the dogs. And get them two big. I think you're I a, get them two big bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I like. I don't really. Um, kind of watch telly anymore as my sight kind of decreases so yeah yeah, like my eyes ears and you know I get to keep in contact with what's going on in the real world and that's 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 very kind of you to say and we're happy to be to be part of that for you thank you very much Dee and keep the messages coming in we love to get them and best to yourself and Zara and Judson and all of the family 1850 now do you remember talking to Lauren at the start of the programme and Bertie, her dad, about the lovely letter that uh, Lauren wrote to Santa in which she did everything bar ask him for a present. She was talking, saying he should make sure not to get too cold up at the North Pole and be sure to not to work too hard and give everybody some, some time off because they deserve it. Well, we had a call from Santa's helper, Ted, and we said we'd put everybody in contact behind the scenes. I'm delighted to tell you that a plan is now in place to bring a little bit of Christmas joy to Lauren through the magic of Santa and Santa's helper. Caller says here, my sister got a card, or sent a card rather, from Paula Duff to Dublin Hill. It never came. That was ten days ago. Unfortunately, there was money and a few scratch cards in it. PJ, can you warn people not to put money in an envelope? Not only can you lose out on cash... But a cheerful Christmas gesture gets all wrapped up in nastiness. I wouldn't be overly thinking about that, Carla. There's so many letters and parcels caught up in the post now that have been stood there for weeks. No one knows where they are. They're caught in the post. They're probably all arrived now about the 29th of December. So I wouldn't overly worry about it at this stage, but it is still good advice. Very good advice. Where possible. Do not put cash in an envelope. 1850-715-996. One service that gets really, really busy at Christmas, and it always worries those involved in it just how busy it does get at Christmas time, is Childline. We'll check in with them next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96FM. Now, 
Aoife Griffin is the South Regional Services Manager for uh, the ISPCC. Aoife, good morning to you. Good morning. It's been a busy year in total for, for Childline through the pandemic and all of that, but Christmas, there's always a surge. There is. Um, we know that we're going to get an increase in calls every Christmas. Um, other comparable times would be midterm. I suppose we, you know, no one saw a pandemic coming. Um, so we saw a huge increase there in March. But Christmas is our other key um, point in the year where we see a huge increase in the number of contacts that we get to Chiline. And Christmas Day in particular, is it? Yeah, we often would get over a thousand calls and contacts and um, visits to our website on Christmas Day. It's a very busy time, so we'd usually try and get um, as many volunteers in as we can and staff covering those ships. And what would be troubling children on Christmas Day that they'd call Childline? It'll be varied. It would be about, you know, you might get the nice call about what Santa brought and, you know, the toys around the tree that were there on Christmas morning. But you would get the calls about maybe mum and dad have had a little bit too much to drink and they've fallen asleep and there's no one else up in the house. There might be, you know, there might be some domestic violence situation that the child has found themselves in. There might be a bereavement around Christmas. You know, so it, it can be very varied. It can be a lot about family relationships in particular. So there's a lot of expectations that go with Christmas Day. Um, you know, we're, we're all sold, I suppose, that that image of it being family and a happy time. Mm. And it's not the case for a lot of children, unfortunately. It can be a time when you know, strains and um, can come to the fore and it can be a really difficult time for families um, across the country. Yes. And Childline is not just an emergency line. Children can literally ring up for a chat for some reassurance. That's exactly it. I suppose children sometimes will ring Childline um, to maybe bounce ideas off the the facilitators, the, the volunteers, you know, they might be thinking, oh, I'm worried about this or, you know, I, did, I'm, I have exams coming up, I'm a little bit stressed and they can ring for a reassurance for just a listening ear because it's anonymous, we don't judge, it doesn't have to be problem, it's non-problem focused service. So you can ring and, you know, you might be trying to sound out an idea, you might be worried about something that's going on, but maybe you're not ready to talk to an adult in your life just yet. You just want to, to as I said, bounce off a, a, a volunteer there. Yeah. Um, but it can be very positive things as well. A day that's gone well, it can be, as I said, the Santa visit and okay. the exam that went okay. well. So they just literally just ring for a chat. And what, is the number the same as ever? What is it, Aoife? It's 1800 666 and we also have chiline.ie as well and um, young people are using that in increasing numbers and it's fantastic service and we have text as well which is 50101 Okay, how do you do fundraising wise? How do you keep yourselves going? So we have to raise about 4 million every year to run the service and 90% of that is from um, public donations. So you will see stuff in the media, you know, different events going on and the public have been extremely generous over the years to Chiline. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite a lot of money to try and raise every year and I suppose Christmas is one of the times when people in Cork might have seen, you know, the Holly collections out in Patrick yes. Street and, and those kind of things. And that hasn't food. been easy this year, of course, in the times no, we're living in. a lot of those events, um, obviously, 
haven't been able to go ahead and our Christmas ball, which would be a major fundraiser for us, which happens in December um, in recent years, didn't go ahead this year. So we're trying to be creative and the public have been amazing with coming up with the different ideas um, how to fundraise. So it's a hugely challenging year this year, for sure. And you're always looking, I take it, for more volunteers. Absolutely. Um, this year, you know, we went and, and did our training course online for the first time. So that was something that we had to do. We couldn't have people coming in and training. So that has been a challenge. Um, and we're always looking for volunteers. We have an incredible group of volunteers in Cork um, who've stayed with us for years. But you'd, you'd always be looking for, for new and fresh um, people to come online and um, help us out right okay. throughout the year and they're incredible over Christmas they right. come in Christmas Day Christmas well, well, Year's Eve oh, that's that. incredible here's hoping here's hoping that it all passes off without serious incident and everyone needs the help of Childline will get it over Christmas that's Aoife Griffin she's the South Regional Services Manager of the ISPCC thank you Aoife they operate Childline Childline.ie is the website one 800 666 Six six is the number, and their text, a childline text five zero one zero one. The opinion line on Corks ninety six FM with Lehan Motors leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your two one one Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM with your local mace going the extra smile for 60 Christmases and counting. Cork's 96FM. On Christmas Day, Cork's 96FM wants to bring you a little closer to those who can't make it home. Here we go! Oh, oh, oh. You make every day feel like it's Christmas. Join Shane Bucks from 11am for our Christmas Day Cracker. We want to speak to your nearest and dearest, wherever they are in the world. So, if you know someone who's up for a chat, then get in touch. Email the details to reception at 96fm.ie. The Christmas Day Cracker from 11am, only on Cork's 96FM. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. I'm delighted to see that that uh, darts at the Alley Pally is going ahead. It'd be interesting, though. That's one of the rowdiest sporting events of the whole year with them baiting pint glasses off tables and shouting and roaring and packed up. How they're going to do it without a crowd, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. World darts. That, that's the thing that keeps you going sports-wise. That and some of the soccer and the rugby over the Christmas. Love that. 1850-715-996 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Just heard the edge, or the end rather, of the interview about the matchmaking. I believe there's someone out there for everyone. I feel us women are always looking for Prince Charming and kissing an awful lot of frogs along the way. In February of 2019, I joined Tinder took the risk of being a risk big a risk taker and today I am married to my Prince Charming the most wonderful man ever delighted you uh, scams yes beware of sophisticated scamming video uh, done deal also sorry uh, I'm presuming that's a done deal scam someone pretended they wanted to buy my couch and strung me along for days I thought I was so streetwise they said they wanted to get a courier to collect it. So they're asking me to set up a PayPal account, which I did. The objective was to scam me for 200 quid. 
complicated, but I nearly did pay. Communication. That's how they do it these days. That's interesting. So they look at the couch. They say, right, I'd like the couch. I'll take the couch. Um, but I need to set up a courier to get it. So if you set up a courier, set up a PayPal account, drop 200 quid into it. Ah, yes. And you could. You'd be very easy to be caught. Like that. 1850-715-996. We have been following this story for the last couple of months. Catching in, or catching up rather, every so... So often with uh, Thomas Gould, Cork's North Central uh, TD for Sinn Féin, Thomas Gould, who has been following the the story of South Dock. Now, South Dock in Blackpool for months, because South Dock closed and hasn't opened again. And now it's been made very clear through documents that you've gotten, Deputy Gould, that they've no intention of opening it again. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yes, I, I tell you how all this started, PJ, in March. Uh, South Dock closed nine of their facilities in Cotton Kerry. And I was contacted by people who were concerned. And what they were worried about is that South Dock, where you could use the pandemic to close Blackpool. So I wrote to them and I contacted the minister. And I was assured at the time that this was only a temporary measure because of the, the, the first lockdown and it would reopen. Mm-hmm. Now, You've been around the block as long as me, PJ, and you know sometimes uh, what people say and what actually happens are two different things. So I've been watching this and I've been writing to Southwark and the minister and the HSE and I've raised it in the door for the last five weeks, every week, the past three weeks with the Taoiseach. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday I got back a free information request that I put into the HSE in relation to Southwark. And it turns out that the HSE... What did you ask them, Tom? I, I asked them about South Dock Blackpool, when was, it be, when was it going to be open, because the HSE said that it was only a temporary closure. And the information I got back is that the HSE had written to South Dock on a number of occasions, uh, and one of them being on the 18th of September, looking to have... And they instructed South Dock on the 18th of September to open South Dock Blackpool because it was vital and it needed to be open. Okay. And so, Doc, um, like, there's been correspondence between the HSC and so, Doc, and the HSC replied to South Doc again on the 16th of October. So, South Doc, the HSC, you're telling us, and you've got documents to show this, and I think you're sending, sending us some copies, that the HSC told South Dock, requested of South Dock to reopen Blackpool as far back in September and they asked them also to do the same to open it again in October. What did South Dock say? And the thing about it is the HSC told South Dock they didn't accept their position that uh, it was indefinitely closed and that the new system where everyone would go out to the concealed road roundabout was the best was um, the best system. In actual fact, the HSC said in the letter that the closure of Blackpool posed a serious risk to unnecessary presentations to acute hospitals. And what they mean by that is because Blackpool are closed, it would see more people go to the Mercy or the CUH, which uh, during a pandemic they don't want. They want people to be treated by their GPs. But because the facility is closed... 
And South Dog have told, I'm reading from Liz Dunphy's piece in today's Examiner, Tom. South Dog have told the HSE it has no intention of reopening Blackpool. And the, the thing that's disgraceful about this, PJ, is South Dock last year got 7.29 million, nearly 7.3 million off the HSE to provide the service that they're providing. Right. Now, and, who runs South Dock? Without naming names, who runs South Dock? It's a private company, isn't it? It's, yes. it's a co-op to provide after-hours after our services. All the doctors do individual shifts there. But who runs South Dock? Well, it's run by a board. Right. And would you believe, PJ, I couldn't contact them. So I emailed them and I got no response. And I wrote to them and I got no response. So in the end, I had to get a registered letter and register it so I could prove that they actually got it. Like, this, this is an unbelievable situation where I'm a TD for Cock North Central and I'm not able to engage with them or they don't want to engage with me. No, they finally wrote back to me. But, like, the HSE, they're not listening to me. They're not listening to the HSE. They're not li- listening to the Minister for Health. And to be honest, for the last three weeks, they don't seem to be listening to the Taoiseach either. So I don't know who these people are. So, 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 so let, let's, let's break this down into very ordinary sequences of events so that people can, can get it into their heads. So South Dock, which is the after-hours GP service, provided in two centres in the city, closed the Blackpool Centre during the pandemic, and now say they have no intention of reopening it, even though in October the HSE pretty much told South Dock that not having it open was a dangerous situation. And the HSE also told them that they wanted it open with immediate effect. No, so they are refusing to reopen it, even at the on the instruction of the HSE. And what I believe, PJ, is SOTAC have a service level agreement with the HSE to provide after yeah. yeah. And if that isn't open by the 31st of December, I believe they're a breach of their service contract. And I think the 7.3 million that they uh, get annually from the HSE should be withheld until SOTAC Blackpool is reopened. What reasons do they give? And again, you've seen the correspondence. What reason do they give for not opening Blackpool? What they're saying is the new setup they have where everyone presents to the Kinsale Road is the best system and it's the most, um, it, it's, it's the most, uh, what's the one, has the best outcome. So, so, so how can that be the best system for someone coming from the top of Commons Road with a sick child at eight o'clock on a, on, on a cold winter's night? How can that be better for them? It's not, and the thing is, they've given no, they've given no evidence to back up their situation. And PJ, I know there are doctors on the north side who want it reopened, but the the board isn't listening to them. I know for a fact, no. And it's the doctors themselves who put in the shifts, who put in the hours. Yes, but they also bring in outside doctors, or they might have contract doctors in there. But like. Like are you, for anyone who views this, like this just isn't for the kind of the Blackpool and North Side area. You know, people from Tower, Blarney, all that side of the city who would come and use it because, like, now you've been in the centre. I, I've only been ever in there once, and it was a couple of years ago. So, so my memory of it is vague enough. Like, I take it it's not a tumble down shack. I take it it's it's perfectly perfectly useful. 
Well, I've, I've been in there unfortunately loads of times, PJ, right? And I found any time we or my family had to use it that the doctors and the staff there were very professional, they were very good. Uh, they were trying to say there were some issues with the building. Well, if there was, then they should have resolved it or found a similar thing. Found another the building. Yeah, yeah. Well, PJ, what you have here now is you have private operators, right, treating the state and the people, ordinary people who are trying to who are trying to access services in their community and the, the, the private contractors, they just don't seem to care. And the only way they'll, they will listen to anyone is if we withhold the money that they are due to get until the facility is opened up. And PJ, I, just to let people know, I, start, I started a, position, a petition last week and over 1,200 people have gone on to my Facebook page and signed the petition. And hundreds of people have put up comments about what it means to save the Blackpool and to reopen the Blackpool so okay. that because it means an awful lot to the people of the North Side. Okay, well we'll follow it with interest, I take it, right up into Christmas and the New Year, Thomas. Those documents which I think you're sending to us, they make for very stark reading and uh, we'll come back to, to you on it, I have no doubt, in the weeks and months to come. That's Thomas Gould, Sinn Féin TD. So, that South Dock Sunbeam place, the Blackpool South Dock, South Dock have told the HSE they have no intention of reopening it. And they say that it is the most suitable system to have everybody go down to the Kinsale Road roundabout to that site down there. So they're, they've no intention. They've told the HSE. They've no intention, even though the HSE has asked them. They asked them in October to open it and they said that a failure to reopen the centres, I'm quoting from the examiner, a failure to reopen the centre would pose a serious risk to the unnecessary presentations to acute hospitals. In other words, people who can't get into a South Dock will just go straight to a hospital and cause more waiting lists in the HSE. So we have a standoff between the HSE and South Dock, which, as Thomas Gould argues, and it's not for me to comment on, but he argues that's in breach of their contract worth seven and a half million a year. We'll follow it. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after midday on Cork's 96FM with your local mace, where you're sure to find a friendly smile this Christmas. Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. John says the story of the ghost of the North Infirmary goes on and on and on with regard to that South Dock closure. Kevin is wondering who owns the building. That's a good question, Kev, but South Dock are the ones who said that they are not opening it because the present arrangement of bringing everybody to the South Ring Road or to the Kinsale Road roundabout is more efficient. It might be more efficient for South Dock, but it certainly ain't more efficient for Emma and her sick child up in Orrery Road at 7 o'clock at night. It sure isn't. Anyway, we'll return to it. 1850-715-996. Dear PJ, this comes from Fee. I would like to give a shout out to the lovely girl who came over to me with a coffee and asked if I was okay. She was a girl at the AMT coffee counter. Uh, 
I just run onto the platform at Kent Station as the train I'd booked just pulled away. I lost the plot. I came back into the station and stood there in tears. I'm a drama queen, but I was so upset as I'd been making the trip to visit my brother in St. James's Hospital. And I was given a very precious, precious slot to visit him. I made my way to the ticket counter to try to book the next train and explain my predicament. This lovely girl was so pleasant and helped me a great deal, suggesting I contact the hospital and see if I could arrange a later slot to visit. I did, and I spoke with the ward clerk on the phone, who was also so warm and so kind, and told me not to worry, I will get a visit, be it at a later time. I'm on the train now, grateful for the random act of kindness from the wonderful people I've met at Kent Station in Cork. It's very challenging, life in a pandemic for everyone, but people you meet on a difficult journey make all the difference by going that extra mile. It's a lovely little country we live in. Happy Christmas to you all and keep safe. That is from Fee. So if you are the woman or the young girl on the AMT coffee stall there in Kent Station, take a bow, take a bow. Apart from having a damn nice cup of coffee, you're very nice people. And if you brought down that cup of coffee to that woman this morning who was upset after missing her train, you, you made her day, or at least you helped to improve her day with a beautiful random act of kindness. And well done to you. I remember talking, that's uh, a while back now, with uh, the widow of Michael Ryan. Michael died in the Ethiopian Airlines crash uh, back in 2019. Uh, I spoke to, to Nisha after that happened and she spoke about Mike and the kind of guy that he was. Uh, he was originally from Lahinch in County Clare, but they lived in Cork for, for many, many years. And he was a giving guy. He was an engineer by profession. And she spoke about him and such a wonderful guy that he was and the tragic loss and, and all of that. Uh, news has broken uh, this week that Michael has been awarded the Irish Red Cross Humanitarian of the Year Award for his work over the years, which is a phenomenal award. It's a global award. The Irish Red Cross Humanitarian of the Year, of course, the Irish Red Cross being a branch of the World Red Cross, so it is a a global award. And Michael has been awarded that for this year in recognition of his work uh, in the years leading up to to his passing. Fiona Corcoran has been catching up with Nisha to talk about that for the opinion line. We were absolutely thrilled, um, Fiona. Honestly, like this meant so much to us, um, to our families. Um, it, you know, it's in recognition of of Mick's life work. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't be more proud of him, but um, it's it's to know that uh, Mick has been honoured in this way and, and such an amazing honour. I mean, Mick uh, really had deep respect for the, the Red Cross. Um, and so that coming from the Red Cross, I, I think, is so humbling. Why did they decide to honour it to him? Like, was there any particular projects that he was involved in that they mentioned or was it just his overall body of work? Um, I, I think... I think it was his overall body of work, but in particular, there was the Cox's Bazaar um, Rohingya refugee uh, camp in um, in Bangladesh, 
and Mick um, I mean Mick was was front and centre of that he united three of the largest UN agencies um, in his work there and he um, he, he literally transformed landscape there in miraculous time um, he employed um, 5, 000, over 5,000 Rohingya refugees to, to help complete that so Mick was big into community involvement as well not just going to areas and, and you know sorting things out and fixing problems and then leaving he he wanted the communities to feel part of of what um you know what what they were doing and and um you know and, and help these people get their lives back as well in some way I, I mean they had been through appalling um atrocities um you know from they had fled from Myanmar uh, fled massacres and um, just, just appalling things. So, so in, to to allow him to feel a part, you know, that they would feel a part of of this um, work in in Cox's Bazaar was very important to him. He was also involved in a lot of projects here in Cork, and I mean, I know he was a Clare man, but he really loved Cork, didn't he? Yeah, well, he, did, he had no choice. <laughs> I'm from Cork. Um, yeah, he, I mean, Mick got involved in um, things at a community level here as well. He he was very experienced with, with um, flooding projects. He had a, a lot of knowledge on, um, uh, you know, just flooding, I, I suppose. And, and he'd also um, worked with a construction company that had built and constructed the um, flood relief works in, in out in Mallow. So he had first-hand experience. He also, when when uh, we were in college together, he did a lot of work on the River Lee. Um, you know, he he had a lot of knowledge, and he felt, you know, again when he saw something, and if he felt that he could have an input or play a part, he got involved. Um, and and as as did myself and my daughter at the time, <laughs> um, but but yeah, he if I mean for Mick it was if he felt there was something he could contribute, he he would do that. And he was making those contributions because he cared for the projects. It wasn't for recognition for himself. So what do you think he would have made of the awards that he got this week? Oh my God, um, yeah, uh, like I know. I absolutely know that he would have he would have been so humbled by it, um, but I also know that he would have been a little bit embarrassed, um, simply because for him he really would have, you know, kind of said, you know, let's recognise the team that that played a part here. Um, he, you know, he didn't he didn't like let's say being centre of attention in that way. You know, I mean, Mick was a. Mick was a storyteller and, and he loved kind of having people around and, and holding forth and, you know, capturing people's attention. But in terms of, let's say, the limelight for, you know, what he did or anything like that, he, he wouldn't have wanted to be, not wanted to be singled out, but he would have been very humbled by it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, just would have felt that the, having the team recognised as well would have been so important. You must have been very proud. Um, we honestly, we we all are. I, I get, I get, I've been getting so many messages from friends, family, and colleagues all over the world, just saying how proud they are to have known Mick. Um, you know, even even if it was just for a short period of time, and and then people maybe that knew him a bit longer. Everyone is just so proud of him. Um, 
and yeah I mean I, I couldn't I, for me honestly just having had Mick in my life and knowing the type of person he was that makes me proud um, you know but but the, obviously this, this award and having that recognition of his work is, is just incredible it's almost two years since the the Boeing Max aircraft uh, or crash that that happened that Mick lost his life in. How has how has life been for you since then? Um, yeah, it's it's something very difficult to describe. Uh, it's not something you ever imagine you go through. You're you're going you're going along life, going through life. Um, you know, just happy and doing what you love doing and and feeling that you're making some contribution to to the world or in some way um and you've you have two young kids and one was only six months old at the time and never do you imagine something like this could happen you know i mean in mixed line of work we used to talk about the things that could happen to him you know uh, i mean he'd he'd been in countries where uh, like he had lost friends, um, you know, uh, through acts of terrorism. Um, he had also been uh, um, experienced infectious diseases as well himself. And I mean, for example, he he had malaria, he had cholera, you know. And and even with all these things, he he still, you know, went back. And but again, we you know we spoke about what could happen. Um, and in you know you're, you you think you can be prepared, but you're you, you're never prepared. But certainly, you're never prepared to hear you know news like this. Never. And I can only say that I you know it was absolutely traumatic. Um, and you go through the the, the trauma of it, um, and then and then after the trauma kind of settles down you you you're 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 full on grief you know um and then you're 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 trying to look after your kids and and they're also going through their own thing particularly my daughter um i mean Mick adored my daughter they had a very special relationship um so not only are you going through your own you know state uh, mental state you're you're also dealing with a with a little child's mental state and trying to balance all of that um it's it's not something i would ever wish for a second on anyone this is uh what what Mick and, and all those passengers must have gone through in those 6 minutes is just not bare thinking about does it make it all the more cruel to know that he lost his life while he was doing good for the world and then this happened um <clears throat> that like i mean that is the irony of all of this um a friend of of ours sent me a message the other day and i think it was after the acceptance speech for the award and she said you know I've only just realised, she said, Mick was there for the poorest of the poor. And yet it was the richest of the rich that killed him. And yeah, that is, that's the cruel irony of all of this. And not something I can honestly get my head around. Um, So, yeah. You are planning on, like, taking the case and taking this further, aren't you? Um, Absolutely. I'm, I mean, we want justice, we want accountability, we want the truth. 
um, and I, I, you know, personally, I won't give up until we get that. Um, so, if it's for us, it's about get, you know, getting this information, getting the accountability. But I also think somewhere along the way, um, I hope this will have an impact on aviation safety. I mean, there are definitely ways of, of doing that. Um, people can, can check um, flights before and to see what, what plane they're flying on. Um, I think the, the website is flightaware.com, for example. And there's also airlines that you know um, either you know won't be flying this particular plane because this plane is going to be flying again and it's going to be flying in Ireland. Um, so, you know, people can support, first of all, these airlines that um, prioritise safety. Um, and that's, if there's any message I can, I can get out there, it's that. I suppose um, compensation at this point is like neither here nor there really for you. No, absolutely not. Uh, compensation doesn't come into it. How can you compensate the loss of, of someone like Mick? Um, you know, he, my husband, the father of our two kids, uh, no, I mean, for us, this is about truth, accountability, justice. Uh, that's what it comes down to. Um, it's not about money. Um, it, this is it, this is far bigger, you know. I mean, um, and I and I know honestly, I know that if if this happened to me or any of Mick's family, um, he would be doing the same. He wouldn't give up because, yeah, he, like Mick, was a firm believer in. In, in justice and accountability and also he, he was someone that took responsibility for the decisions he made you know if uh, if if he was in a situation and you know he would put forward an idea or whatever and sometimes you know they, 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 there can be a lot of risks involved and people can get pushed back and say no this is too risky who's going to take responsibility Mick would take responsibility and always did so why should it be any different for aviation, why should it be any different for these massive companies that are meant to be prioritising our safety? I I see I see no reason why why we should separate the two. Words to think about from Nisha Ryan, widow of Michael Ryan, um, who has been awarded the Irish Red Cross Humanitarian of the Year award. A great interview there. Uh, with Fiona Corcoran, thank you for that. Uh, Fiona puts everything into perspective, I think. Talk about all sorts of trivial stuff day in and day out, but just listening to a woman like that who, who has lost a guy of that stature, that incredible bloke, uh, you, you kind of can't put yourself into those shoes. You'd never want to be in those shoes. She wants answers, and if she's anything like her husband was, she'll get them. 
kind of writing and working stuff out with everyone. I love that. I've always loved performing. I still very much do. Online, on your smart speaker, on the Quark's 96FM app and on FM. Ken Tobin. Weekdays from midday. With the Everyman Christmas shows for all the family. Videos streamed from the stage straight to your home. See everyman.com. Quark's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 On Cork's 96FM. Eugene, I'll answer your question as best I can in just a couple of minutes. It's to do with getting together over Christmas. The HSE boss, Paul Reid, has now said this morning that he's concerned about an explosive concoction of post-Christmas COVID-19 cases at a time of peak demand for the hospitals in the new year. So any advice coming out of Neffet and coming out of HSE will no doubt be predicated on that Neffet meeting today with regard to the restrictions and the easing of restrictions over the holidays. What we heard earlier in the week from Adam Higgins in the Irish Sun was that he'd heard nothing from any of his political contacts uh, regarding a change in the plan. And the plan is to open up the country from tomorrow, December the 18th. But I'll answer your question as best I can before we finish today, Eugene. Getting back to that lovely gesture in Kent Station this morning where the AMT worker, the coffee shop worker, uh, gave that woman a cup of coffee when she was really upset. We've figured out now it was, it was, we thought originally it was Gemma, but Tom on tells us on Twitter that it was Kerry who looked after the lady at Kent Station. So Kerry at EMT Coffee, take a bow yourself today. Speaking of nice, kind gestures, here's a good one. About 50 Cork charities and different community groups are to benefit from a company called Thermo Fisher Scientific. They're giving a thousand or 50, 50 grants of a thousand euro to 50 different projects. Uh, Caroline Sheehy, good morning to you. Hello, how are you PJ? Delighted to be on the line to be able to share some good news. It is it is great news. Where did the idea come from? Um, so, well, Thermo Fisher, obviously, we work down in, um, we have a manufacturing facility down in Kirbini, in Carrigaline, and um, the company has been manufacturing there for 45 years. Mm-hmm. So this year, um, we agreed as a company, we do support the local community and we're very proud of our neighbours and working and having a good relationship with them. So we said because of the 45-year history, we initially decided to award 45,000 um, to local charities and community groups. Um, so that's sort of where the idea started yeah. but as you quite rightly pointed out we actually blew the budget and um, you know because of the applications that we got we ultimately actually um, you know provided 50,000 to you know the various charities and community groups a really really rewarding thing to be doing it and, really uh, is a case of giving back Oh my goodness, absolutely. Like, you know, as I said, um, I'm working down there 20 years now. It's a great place to work. Um, but I'm very proud of, you know, how the company tries to support local, um, local, you know, groups. And just one minor, um, just point. We didn't quite give a thousand euros to the, we actually broke it up slightly differently. Oh, even more so. So, 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 so some people, you know, got uh, two, two and a half thousand. We broke it up differently. And what we did was we, um, 
in September, we invited, we put out through the media and social media, we announced that we were having this um, grant scheme and we just invited people to send in, it was a really simple application form and uh, tell us who they were, um, you know, of what they do in the local community and then how they might like to spend um, some of the well-earned money. And so then um, we got a group of employees together um, from the site, volunteers, and uh, we went through all of the applications and my goodness, that's so humbling, you know, to see how people give of their time, um, you know, to give back to the community. Yeah. So, you know, we had a really nice job, but, um, you know, some of the people really give so many hours and, and you know, of, of their time. And so we're delighted to be able to, you know, um, to be able to give it back. Yeah. I, I'd love to tell you about two organisations cool. um, that we met. So so um, we, we got 58 applicants and um, and then, as you said, quite rightly, you know, um, you know, we, we awarded, uh, you know, actually 49 different different groups got, got the money. Um, but last week um, we met actually with um, Covers of Comfort. So yeah. I was lucky to be able to go down to um, Carrigaline and meet Marta and Linda. And these are two ladies who represent a group of, you know, maybe 15 knitters and girls who ladies who crochet and they make blankets for people you know who are receiving chemotherapy okay. um, and like they explained to me this, you know that when you might be receiving chemotherapy you could be sitting there for you know seven or eight hours and you're you know you're, you can get very very cold but the handmade beautiful blankets that they crochet for male and female and children and you know adults I mean it's just amazing they're such a small little group but a really tight knit uh, group of ladies um, who have you know, develop their own group into actually being very social and engaging um, community support yeah. for themselves, but for others as well. I mean, amazing to be able to kind of award, you know, some money to them. And then later on that afternoon, my colleague Des Burke and I went down to um, Ringskiddy to the harbour and we met um, Chris O'Donovan and Dennis Kiley who represent the um, Cork City Missing Missy oh, Person Search. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like that, that just blows your mind, you know, yeah. the, the kind of the selfless and, and really difficult work that they do, but <laughs> they do it for the right reasons. They said, you know, everybody's not cut out for it, but um, we, they showed us their fabulous boat and, you know, the, the, the jeep they have to carry it around. They talked us through their tools and, you know, spent a little bit of time to us to explain why they give of their time, but, you know, it's super important. And yeah. um, I mean, again, super humbling to kind of yeah. meet these lads. So there's are, a huge, big, big, long list here in front of me, just some of the ones yep. that you've... The Carrigaline Family Resource Centre, Alex's Adventure, the Men's Shed, the Cora Group in Carrigaline, uh, the Retired Ring of Skiddy, Mahan Family Resource Centre... It's just it's a fabulous gesture, and, and congratulations to you and your colleagues for it. Absolutely, and as I said, I'm only one person. I'd like to say, you know, there's uh, Liam Cormack, Vince, Mick, and Dave, who are the main leaders the, behind the volunteer group. They've done an absolutely great job, and from Thermo Fisher, who, you know, really their motto, you know, is about and mission is about making the world cleaner, healthy, and safer. You know, just thank community groups who are doing that, and we're very, okay. very happy to support them. All right, and, and continued success to Thermo Fisher and all connected to it. Thank you for that, Caroline. 1850-715-996. It was kind of the, how shall we put this, the, the water cooler moment, the water cooler discussion of the last 24 hours was this video that emerged from Dublin, from a dart station in Dublin, of a guy standing on the platform as a train dart was coming in because his girlfriend was driving that train. And he was there on the platform, all set, 
to propose to her. And it was being filmed by someone who just happened to spot it. And so the whole thing got legs and went absolutely viral. The woman driving the train was Paula. Paula, good morning to you. Good morning. A huge surprise when Connor was standing there. Yeah, completely surprised. <laughs> How long have you known each other? Almost three years. Right, okay. And you drive, that's, that's your regular route, that train? Yep. That's my regular road, yeah. So describe what it felt like. You're coming into the normal stop in the normal station and you did you see, did you recognize him at the distance or what? No, from far away, I just kind of see some big uh, boards, white boards uh, set on the platform and a lot of staff members and people. So I was like, what's going on? And then I started approaching and I just started to see that in every board was a word. And it was, uh, will you marry me? And then he was standing at the side of the last board with the ring and the and the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> you had to stop the train and keep it under control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you realized <laughs> it was... <laughs> and you had no hesitation, I imagine. No, no, no. I was not imagining anything wait, wait. like that. I, I, got, I got hints. <laughs> you got him. I like the sound of that. <laughs> He's there with you, is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Connor, how are you, man? I'm good, good. Ha- Thank how you much Connor. planning went into that? A lot of planning over a very short period of time. So it went from the 1st of December till the 14th, and it was all on go from there. So hours of planning and work and stuff. Mm. So <laughs> You had to bring out. some of her colleagues on. I had, on to, I had to get it change shift, I had to travel, I had to get the ring made to order, I had to get people to cover my uh, my classes, I had to get loads of people involved, I had to get permission from Irish Rail to do it on the sta- on the platforms, I had to get her shift change, I had to get another driver to take over at Pierce Street Station itself to finish off her route. And, and you had no idea that any of this was going on, Paula, had you? No, 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 no idea. <laughs> Because they'd even hidden a camera on the train. Had yeah, they? because the the boss was uh, was um, in the cab with me. Just he knows all, so he he, he knew about all this. So he just was there, just controlling that um, I was not panicking or something with the train. So he uh, used to for put a a GoPro on the on the glass of the train on the on the window, so then uh, have all a good recording. Of and, all. and you never suspected anything like. No, because it's normal that sometimes they record the for then make videos for training or for things. So no, I didn't see any suspicious about that. <laughs> Connor, how did you guys meet? Uh, she was she came over. She's a friend of a friend, so uh, I met her and we just started hanging out and stuff like this, and, and things went from there. Yeah, just when I came to Seattle Island three years ago. She uh, she came over to work on her English and then. Something made her stay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I might be talking to him. <laughs> where, where are you from originally, Paula? From Barcelona, Spain. Ah, uh, I got the the accent. Well, yeah. you're here to stay now for absolutely for absolute yeah, certain, yeah. and you're gone. You're gone absolutely global with this video. Yeah, we know. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit overwhelming to be honest. It was never planned to post anything like this or anything. So it was just a. A passion on the train just put well, up on Twitter. It was a very tired it. midwife who just finished a thirteen-hour shift, who yeah. saw yeah. this going on, and you've you've heard to you've heard to blame. 
<laughs> well, yeah, what was nice was that, you know, it brought some joy to her day and other people uh, they found joy in it. And I'm happy with that because it's a dark time and it's a difficult year for everyone. So any joy that we can bring. Well, you share. certainly brought brought smiles to a, to a lot of faces. Yeah. Paula, Feliz Navidad. Oh, <laughs> happy, happy Christmas and happy New Year to you both. God knows happy when you'll get to actually um, have the ceremony and all that and do all that. But uh, thank you for taking our call today. Those are the couple who got engaged on the platform of the Dart in the last couple of days. Paula and Connor. And that's a nice way to finish. And also because I've got something stuck in my throat. A frog. And I need to get out of here. We're back in the morning just after nine. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors. Leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie.